when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Today we're talking about stop wasting your mistakes. All right, let's talk about what I mean by that. So as some of you know, and I've shared on Facebook Lives and whatnot, that I am in the process of losing weight, which is always just super fun. (laughs) But actually, it has been fun. It's been amazing. I gained weight when I birthed my daughter four years ago. Yes, it's been four years. And it's over that time, the weight just continued to come up. And finally, I decided I'm going to do something about it. But I knew that diets didn't work. So my assistant, Christy, introduced me to Corinne Crabtree. And I have to give her a shout out because any of you listening to the podcast who want to lose weight, dudes and dudettes, this is the way to do it. She is amazeballs. She has the number one uh, health podcast on iTunes called Losing 100 Pounds with Fit and Fat, P-H-I-T, P-H-A-T, if you wanted to go check her out. And she has what she calls the Fit and Fat Tribe or P&P Tribe. And so it opens about four times a year. And I listened to her free podcast for about three months. And when it opened this last January, I joined. I do have a point, so stick with me. So for the first six months, so January through June, I lost on average maybe one pound a month, one to two. And it wasn't until this past July, so we're now, you know, a month in, and that it really clicked for me. And I was listening to her podcast just yesterday morning, which is why I decided to do this podcast for you because I thought I got to tell my lawyers about this. And she said this phrase and it just hit me so hard. And I thought, this is it right here. She said, stop wasting your mistakes. So what does that mean? Well, I got to tell you, with my weight loss, one of the reasons why it finally clicked is because I failed my way to now a near 20 pound weight loss. And there's no other way I would have been able to do it if I had not continually, not just made mistakes, but learned from my mistakes. I think there's there's something to be said, and you've heard me say it many times, that failure is a huge part of learning. But only if you take the ways that you're failing and learn from them. So you have to be willing to fail, yes, but you also have to be systematic about how you are using your mistakes or you miss the lesson completely. So let's talk about how most of you deal with your mistakes. And I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about everybody in the world. And I include myself in this until I finally figured this out in the last month month or two and it really started to click for me. Most of us beat ourselves up when we make mistakes. And that is the the definition of wasting a mistake. So if you think about this in terms of dieting, for example, when you're dieting, one of the reasons it doesn't work is because let's say you've researched for a couple of weeks the new diet you're going to try, whether that's keto, which is just 
ass backwards in my mind, um, or paleo or whatever the thing of the day is. And you're like, okay, I'm going to start on Monday. And you really believe, we all believe that on Monday, we are going to become a completely different person. <laughs> and so we do, we really try really hard. We're like, I completely eat differently now. I exercise differently. And maybe by Thursday of that week, we've totally fallen off the wagon because we realize that we aren't a completely different person. And it's not like you can just decide to run a marathon on Friday and on Monday, complete that thing. It just doesn't work. But what most of us do when we quit is we quit. We don't look at why we failed and what it means. So one of the greatest things about the Corinne method, Corinne Crabtree, is that first of all, she doesn't require you to be a different person on Monday. Her big thing in her program is to start where you are. And I'm going to suggest that that is the same thing that you trial attorneys who are listening to this podcast and are looking at I starting to change the way you communicate. You have to look at where you are now instead of where you want to be. Because that's really the first step. If you believe that after listening to a few of my podcasts that you can walk into court on Monday and completely change how you communicate, and then it doesn't happen, and then you beat yourself up and quit, you're not going to get very far with this work. You've got to start at the very beginning. And I see it over and over again in terms of those of you who come through my classes is that you are so hard on yourselves when you're learning the skills because you can't get it right perfectly at the very beginning. Listen, you got to let go of that shit if you want to get really good. I mean, when you think about it, there's really, you probably heard of this, the four levels or stages of competence. So level one is where, and this is anything you're learning new. So level one is unconscious incompetence, meaning you don't know how to do something, but you don't know that you don't know how to do it. So for example, before you even came across me and my work or my podcast, maybe you never thought about nonverbal communication or what it means. So you would have been in the unconscious incompetence bucket. Now, once you came in contact with me, you enter into conscious incompetence, meaning now you know this is a thing and it's maybe even something that you want to do, but you don't know how to do it yet. Okay, so that's stage two. Now, once you decide that you're going to start trying these things, you're going to come out to a class, you're going to buy the book, you're going to uh, try the things that I talk about on the podcast. Now you enter stage three, which is conscious competence, meaning you're now trying the skills out in the real world. This, my friends, is where nearly everyone quits because it's conscious. You have to think about it. You have to try it. For example, the people who come out to the studio classes, when they're learning the nonverbal skills that I'm teaching them on how to form the group or the presentation skills for opening, their content, meaning the stuff they're saying, flies right out of their brain. And that can be really discombobulating because it's like the brain can't handle both of them at one time. So they start focusing on what they're doing with their hands or their stance or their voice pattern or whatever else. And suddenly they forget what they're going to say. And that's really frustrating. And what I continue to tell them is, this is totally normal. This is exactly where you should be. So keep going. Because what most people don't realize is that if you push through stage three, you get to stage four. And stage four is unconscious 
competence, meaning you know how to do it, but you don't have to think about it anymore. And that is a place of total greatness. You know, so many people, when they hear me speak or they're in my seminars, they come to me and they go, how are you so good at this nonverbal stuff? I mean, how long did that take you? And you know, I don't have an answer for that of how long it took me. I, I've been working at it for years, but that's the point is I've been working at it for years. And we're talking about this idea of stopping wasting your mistakes. What I did for years, especially at the very beginning, I would say at least the first five years, is I videotaped every single thing that I did. And then I would watch it back as excruciating as that was. And I'd be like, what am I doing with my bangs? Why am I not keeping my gestures in the air? I need to pause more. Now, I wouldn't take that information and go, well, I'm a failure. Forget it and quit. I made use of my mistakes. I didn't throw them away. I didn't waste them. I looked at them and said, what can I do better now? I met myself where I was. I didn't expect myself to be some rock star keynoter when I first started. If I did, if that was what I was measuring myself against, if that's what you're measuring yourself against, I got to be like Jerry Spence or Rick Friedman or Nick Rowley, you are going to feel pretty damn bad about it. But if you say instead, I'm going to meet myself where I am, And as I make mistakes, I'm going to not throw or waste those mistakes, throw away or waste those mistakes. I'm going to look at those mistakes and use that as a way to grow. That is the path to greatness. I mean, let's take a look back at the weight loss journey. So one of the things that Corinne has you do is she has you write a 24-hour plan uh, the night before, the day, morning of, of what you're going to eat that day. And there's nothing on the, that she says that has to be on there. It could be anything. It could be three cupcakes and two Snicker bars and whatever, because her whole thing is has to be realistic. You are building the commitment bone, so to speak, versus trying to lose weight at first. You're just practicing, will I do what I say I'm going to do? The next step is when you're eating, you only eat to two, meaning if 10 is hot dog eating contest, two is I'm satisfied, I've had enough. And you don't eat until you're at negative two, which is just slightly hungry. Now, what's great about this is that every time you either eat off plan or you blow past your two or you eat before you're hungry, you have to do what she calls a recovery sheet. And this is what's the great part about not throwing your mistakes away. Because most people, when they blow past their two or eat off plan, would just go, see, this is another diet that doesn't work. I can't do it. Forget it. And they'd quit. What the recovery sheet does is have you process why you made the mistake. So it makes you go through and say, what was happening when you ate off plan? What were you feeling emotionally? What was going on in your world? What could you have done differently? How could you handle this next time? And I'll tell you right now, after doing literally hundreds of recovery sheets. That's what made it finally click in July and my weight started to come off is that I didn't throw away all those six months of mistakes. By the way, you can't find out what your two is until you blow past it, meaning you have to fail to figure it out. You can't figure out how to stay on plan until you go off plan. And, and figure out why you're, going, why you're going off plan. All of these things require that you make mistakes. But what's great about Corinne's program and what I'm saying to you today is that it's not just about making mistakes. It's looking at why you're making them and using that as information to move yourself forward. I mean, if you think about it, any growth takes mistakes. You know, like I just said, blowing past your two means, I mean, trying to figure out what your two is means blowing past it. You know, 
increasing your muscle strength means actually tearing the fibers in your muscles. You know, learning how to drive a stick shift means grinding the gears at first. It all has to start with making mistakes as you self-correct and finally get it right. So what I'm going to leave you with is the idea that Yes, you need to fail and you need to make mistakes, but don't waste those mistakes by asking yourself two things. One is, what did I do wrong and how can I improve it? And the second one is, why? And I think that second piece is really, really huge here. So for example, if we go back to the 24-hour plan, you know, what did I do wrong? I ate off plan. Um, How can I improve it? Well, I can make a more realistic plan tomorrow or I could, you know, wait or, you know, all the kinds of ideas that Corinne teaches us in the program. Um, But that doesn't get at the why. The recovery sheet goes to the why. And I want you to use the same thing in terms of your communication. You know, I think about this in terms of um, what what clients that I have. And I think of one particular client who came out to work with me and I could not, and you probably heard me tell you the story, but I could not get his gestures to open up. I mean, he, he just stayed small all morning as we were working together. And so finally I said, Tony, what's the story? What's going on? Why I, I can't get you to open up no matter what I try. And finally, he sat down and he said, you know what? I think I'm scared that I'm going to say or do something that'll blow up my case. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the why. You've heard me say before that in terms of nonverbal communication, yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's going to help you. And yes, I can help you with the skill set. But the skills are just the, the cream at the top. The skills don't help you if what you're thinking and believing underneath the surface is what's really getting in your way, which nearly 100% of the time is true. There's always some thought pattern that is causing you to communicate in the way you're communicating in the first place. So for example, if you do end up videotaping yourself in court or at a CLE and you're watching it back and you're like, man, my gestures are smaller. Boy, I'm not pausing. I want you to notice those things, yes, and then create a plan for next time of how you're going to improve and level up 1%, you know, decide I'm not going to cha- be a keynoter next time, but I am going to take more pauses or whatever it might be. But the, th- the second thing I really want you to ask yourself is now, why am I using such small gestures? Why am I speaking so quickly? And you might find some really interesting things there like, well, I was nervous. And then you can say, well, why was I nervous? Well, because I'm afraid I was gonna, I was gonna screw up. Well, why am I afraid of that? Well, because these are my peers. Well, so, and just keep asking yourself questions so you finally get at what's really bothering you, which is, I don't feel as accomplished as everybody else in the room. Or I'm embarrassed that I'm not a better public speaker. Whatever it may be, that's the thought that is holding you back. And that's what you really need to work on. Yes, you can identify you need more pausing. Yes, you can identify I need to hold out my gestures in the air instead of dropping them. Or whatever nonverbal thing it is that you're working on. And if you're coaching with me, you know exactly what you're working on. But it's the thought beneath it. That's the real issue. Same with weight loss. I mean, we can talk all day long about diets and not eating when you're not hungry and all the other things. And the reason why you're doing it is always a thought that you have about the situation. And the same can be said about communication. So that's what I want to leave you with today is stop wasting your mistakes. Because when you first make the, the, the choice to be willing to fail, Next step after that is to now take those failures, take those mistakes, and use them as an opportunity to move you closer to your ultimate goal. Start where you're at, 
give yourself lots of grace, but now use your mistakes instead of beating yourself up and, and wasting them. Go, okay, what's happening here? What, what is the, the thought pattern I'm, I'm holding that I can now work with and move myself closer to my goal. And this takes a lot of self-compassion. It really does. When you're looking at those thought patterns, you, you have to challenge them. It's not just, oh, I feel less accomplished than everybody else. And that means I'm a, a sucky lawyer and you leave it at that. You've got to change your mind about that. You've got to actually, and here's what's so cool, because we can do this. You have to rewire your brain. You have to say, yeah, I'm less accomplished than most people in the room, but I'm the one up here doing the speaking. So I'm a badass. Or I'm working with sorry, if you are, <laughs> and I'm getting better. Or whatever it is, you have to tell yourself a different story. You have to work on rewiring your brain because you can. That's the great thing. You don't have to believe every bullshit thought that gets popped up into your brain because that's what our brains do. They just work on habit. So if you've been telling yourself and beating yourself up about your mistakes all this time, it's going to take some work. You're going to have to, to do some rewiring and tell yourself some different things and start lifting yourself up. And as, as stupid or as crazy as that sounds, I'm telling you it works. It's the reason why I've lost nearly 20 pounds to date. I did not lose that weight by telling myself how fat and stupid and dumb and how, how could I let myself get this way. It was, you can do this, sorry, you're doing great. Even when I was losing only one or two pounds a month, it was, that's a, that's a one or two pounds that we, that we wanted to lose. Good for you. And did that feel hard sometimes? You bet it did. It felt kind of like I didn't really believe it, but I knew if I kept telling myself those things that my brain would start to accept them as truth. And as my brain, and it took six months, started accepting it as truth, it started to let go of the weight and I started to get more and more systematic and more purposeful and start to eat better. Now I know where my two is. I rarely go off plan and boom, things are working. The same can be said for you in your communication or whatever it is that you're working on, whatever skill set it is. Don't, or I should say stop, wasting your mistakes. All right, guys, until next time, we'll talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.